Hello and welcome to this episode of the Coaching Podcast from British Canoeing Awarding Body. Hello everyone and welcome to the final episode of 2022. I'm Debbie Thompson and I work as a digital learning designer at British Canoeing. As this is our last episode of the year, I'm sitting down for conversations with two of your usual hosts, Lee Pooley, our Director of Coaching and Qualifications at British Canoeing and Sid Sinfield, Performance Coach Developer, to look back over 2022 and forward to what's coming next year. So as this is a special wrap up episode and it's Christmas, Lee and Sid are going to be the ones answering the questions rather than asking them in these conversations. So let's start with you, Sid. Uh, in case anyone hasn't listened to one of your episodes before, could you tell us what your role is at British Canoeing? Yep, sure. So um, I work as a performance coach developer uh, within the British Canoeing World Class programmes, which um, are the three Olympic and Paralympic disciplines, slalom, uh, sprint and para canoe. So my job is to work uh, alongside the coaches and the rest of the team to look for how we can continue to improve the coaching um, experience for the athletes. Brilliant. Thank you, Sid. Yeah. Great. So thinking about this past year then on the podcast, I really enjoyed your mini series of episodes that you did about the world-class programme and uh, support staff. I'm really nosy. I always love finding out what's <laughs> going on behind the scenes. Uh, but yeah, have you got any highlights from well, that? Well, that, I think you've hit the nail on the head there because I'm really nosy as well. And I really like to know about people. So so it, it's great because I often work with, uh, the, well, I do work with these people. And sometimes you don't quite know how somebody's ended up doing what they're doing. And um uh, in the world-class program the jobs can be quite niche uh, incredibly niche you know so it's tricky for me to choose one podcast because because everybody's got a generally an interesting story like um when i was interviewing uh, jj the performance psychologist for for the flat wall racing it's just really interesting for me to see that there isn't really such thing as a linear journey into working in the world-class program people start out with a interest in sport often but they don't know quite how they're going to work in sport and for JJ and then also Kristen who was the performance analyst it was really interesting to see their kind of convoluted would imply that it wasn't something behind it but there's but a non-linear kind of direction into their jobs so in both of them um, you know have it had an interest in sport were really wanted to work in that area and then found an aspect of sport that really interests them so JJ with understanding the the psychology of what underpins success and then, like when I think about that, I think that's actually a really fascinating job of a understanding it is is one thing that's quite interesting. But then, how do you go about developing that in somebody else, particularly if they uh, have got personal baggage from something that's not gone right in the past? For me, I think that sounds like a real challenge. Uh, how do you get somebody to be the best they can be on a day that they have to be as good as they can be on that day? And I find that kind of a, a fascinating. So that so that was kind of an interesting po podcast for me, um, and also because JJ's route, you know, was via some other different. In you can listen to the podcast, can't you, to, to find out the exact bit. But you know, ended up in in the role for uh, British Canoeing via different different roles. So I thought that was quite fascinating. And then with Kristen coming all the way from Australia um, to work in a which, uh, if you know anything about performance analysis in slalom, it's 
incredibly niche you know like people see performance analysts on the tv when they see the football when it highlights a player and it gives all the stats but nobody ever sees the performance analyst of uh, slalom doing what they do so how would you get how would you even know that that existed <laughs> for one and then get some to get very very uh, passionate about what you do to really um to, to really help the team because i i know from from experience the athletes and the coaches really rely on that data that's produced uh, by the performance analyst and yet who knew they even existed you know so it's it's fascinating to see um how critical her role is in doing what the program does uh, and how she has come all the way across the world in order to do that and and is really good at that but and again that journey part and and me being a nosy person was was what i really enjoyed about those those particular two podcasts I suppose also it means I've got to be nosy with a few more people as well because there's one or two other jobs I go well I know who they are and I know kind of what they do but I don't know exactly how they do it or why they do it and and so maybe there's there might be a a few more to come we'll see that would be great yeah it's also (laughs) kind of knowing what people's motivation is as well I love to find Mm -hmm. that out and I think that that's an interesting is a really interesting part about elite or competitive sport is you know, we, we, I say we, the, the, the people in the background work really hard this entire lives. And yet often we're not even there <laughs> when, when the competition happens or we're very, very interested observers if we are there. And so the motivation of somebody to effectively dedicate their professional life to doing something that's always in the background uh, and yet really uh, integral to success at the highest level. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, really, really fascinating. And I was thinking about what you were saying there about the non-linear nature of how they got to to where they are today. And I think a lot of us can probably identify with that. I think Mm. when I look back over different roles that I've had that have brought me to having the experience to have the job that I've got now at British Canoeing, it's it's never a a clear line of just one thing after another that makes perfect Mm. logical sense. You do go around some, some twists and turns, don't you? And I think the, the interesting bit from chatting with those people and with others is is that if you follow what you're interested in, you'll end up doing something you enjoy. And I think that's that's probably the the underlying message for for those two that I highlighted is that they knew what they were interested in, so they just followed what they thought would be interesting, and then they end up with jobs that they really like, um, rather than going, "I want to do this." Uh, and then doing everything and actually you get there and you think you really find that very interesting <laughs> so so yeah. follow your interests and see where they take you i think it's been a message great well i think that's yeah very good advice definitely with the podcast we quite often um we produce what we think uh, for somebody who's based in the um the performance sphere it'd be really i'd be really interested if anybody's got any things that they'd like us to to talk about uh, and how we might pr- bring Uh, meet those needs so if you've got anything that's more in the performance space that you'd like us to uh, who we might interview or talk about then feel free to throw in the ideas because I'm I'm always fascinating to to be led by the audience definitely yeah let's find out if other people are as nosy as we are and they want to (laughs) what questions they want to know the answers to so let's get on the water now then Sid so Mm. looking back at, at 2022 what would you say are your professional paddling highlights from from 2022 with with everything that you've been involved with yeah well it's interesting because I, I consider myself to be somebody in the background so it's always a tricky one to highlight a particular individual bits but I suppose if I consider the parts 
thinking about my job and how that fits in. So, so this year we had one of our uh, new podium coaches in the Paracanoe, Hannah Brown, uh, was at her first international world championships in Nova Scotia. So taking over a very successful um, training group that had Paralympic champions. And it's quite a lot of pressure when you're stepping into a role where you've had a very, very successful coach has decided they're retiring. And then we've got Hannah coming in as her first ever international competition and yet smashed it. I mean, like it was absolutely brilliant to, to see her, her coming in, having some influence uh, uh, on their training programs and how she thought she could make help them make gains and then go into that first competition which must have been pretty pressured, must have felt a bit of pressure there. And then and then all the athletes smashing it and then all of them in a, in a training group getting really good results. So that is one of my standout ones there, just because I think Hannah's done a great job there under in a potentially a pressurised um, spot, a, a big ask to do that. So that that stands out for me uh, for that. And then, and I suppose in, in the slalom programme, because we're, uh, we've got a new um, event entering the Olympics in Paris, the kayak cross. We're, as a depart, as a kind of program, we've been looking a lot of what underpins success. Uh, how do you win this? Because it's new. So we've we've studied slalom for years and years and years. So we kind of have a, an understanding of of how you might go about winning medals. But for kayak cross, it's new. So so we've been doing a lot of work, and and we've had two years in a row. We've had world champions. So that. Again, watching um, uh, Nikita Settle defend her world title in kayak cross this year was great to see. It wasn't a fluke <laughs> that she she managed to defend that, and then seeing Joe as well uh, go up, Joe uh, Clark go on to, to win the world championships. So when and you go, that's great that we've got a, a new a new discipline that we've been working hard to understand, and and the uh, and the coaches and the athletes have been working hard to develop skills to win and and it's beginning already to bear fruit so that those two kind of a, a, for, for slightly different reasons but but they stand out for me and I, and I have to qualify that because obviously all of the successes of the athletes is really important and 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 I don't want to kind of just list off everybody who's won medals or or, or done personal bests and things but those two for, for, for slightly different reasons stand out for me professionally as highlights from the last year Brilliant. Um, so, how about then personally uh, yourself? Yeah. When you've been on the when you've been on the water, what, what well, have you been up to in twenty twenty two? Yeah, well, I was I, I, when when, I, when you said you're going to ask me this question, I thought back over the year and went, well, I've I've got a memory that's probably one that I'd rather forget, but I'm going to going to tell you it because because I am a paddler. I've been a paddler for too many years, thirty eight years or something like that. So quite a long time I've been paddling around, and uh, and I and I find myself most relaxed when I'm in a boat. It's what I do. It's my mental health, uh, looking after myself, and and. So I've got a friend uh, now who we went to go see kayaking early in the year. And uh, I live uh, in North Wales, so I live close to the Anglesey coastline and know it very well. And so we thought we'd have a, a, a sea kayak trip out to uh, some islands that sit off the top called the Skerries. And uh, the Skerries sit in quite a, quite a strong tidal stream. So there's quite, quite a strong, strong stream. So you have to plan when you're going to go there. And, uh, and we chose the, the right day weather-wise and we the right uh, tide window. So we went out with the tide that landed us onto the islands. It takes about maybe an hour and a half, two hours to, uh, to, to get out there. And then we, um, I took my drone with me to take some beautiful pictures of the lighthouse and the stunning weather. And there happened to be some other sea kayakers around. So I've got some lovely pictures of there. And then we had to wait for the tide to turn. So the tide turned and we jumped on the tide to go back again. And then when I got back to the car, I realized I'd left my car keys and my phone on the island, which, 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 oh, created, no. which, which created a real problem because, because 
you could only go there at certain starts of the tide and and it was getting dark and we had missed like so the next day was the first chance for me to go back and and yet here I was on some little corner of Anglesey with no phone and no car but, but just my boat and and looking at the car fortunately Carl uh, my friend who was with me had his phone and we we, we managed to solve our immediate issue but it still didn't solve my problem of, of how am I going to get this I also needed to be at work the next day uh, in, in Lee Valley, if I remember rightly. And so I was thinking, oh, dear, how am I going to how am I going to solve this problem? And uh, to cut a long story very short, it, bizarrely, I got a phone call from somebody who said, have you left your keys on an island? And I was, yes, I have left my keys on an island. Oh, well, we've got them. We happened to land there in our powerboat. And we happened to walk around and we saw this bag which had keys and a phone in it. And we looked at the picture and there was a message from somebody we know called on it from Ollie Sanders. And we thought, we know Ollie. So we rang Ollie and Ollie said, oh, that's my mate's phone. He's just posted it on, on various social media things. He's like, Does anybody know how he can get out there on a powerboat? And we were stood on the island with a powerboat. So we picked up the phone and the keys and so they're back with us. So I was able to solve that problem a little bit quicker than uh, having to wow. pad out there the following day. But um, so since then, my friend has always checked that I have put my car keys somewhere safe and uh, the, the phone is with me. So, so yeah, so a, a great trip uh, made more memorable by the fact that the car keys come back via a powerboat and via Hollyhead, whereas I paddled back the same way I went out. So, yeah, so that was that's my paddling um, <laughs> story for this last year. Wow, yeah, like a, a bit of a cautionary tale when you think about when you leave the house, like phone, wallet, keys. That's it, also when, yeah. when you get in the kayak, Sid, that's what you also need to it was it, it was because I took my uh, drone out to do some filming. I took some things out of a bag and the bag was white and uh, the island's famous for its bird life. And so there was lots of white rocks around and it blended in and I just missed it. That was my excuse. <laughs> Brilliant. OK, well, then. Let's leave 2022 behind. There is only a couple more weeks of, of 2022 left. Let's look forward to 2023. There's a lot going on, isn't there? What are you particularly looking forward to? Well, it's a big year, particularly excited about the, um, the the World Championships we'll be hosting at Lee Valley uh, in September. So that that's a, an exciting time to, to actually get a chance. Um, I, I wasn't fortunate enough to be at the uh, the London Olympics, uh, I couldn't get tickets. So so to be at a World Championships and actually be able to be on the bank watching the best athletes in the world racing, and also obviously so close to the Olympics in 2024, it'll be great to see see our athletes on their home water racing against the best in in the world. So um, that's obviously a really exciting time. Uh, I think that's going to be a, a particularly good one. Uh, and then also we've got the first round of Olympic selection. Um, so so we've got some athletes looking to, to qualify um, early uh, and be in the first round of selection for Paris. And so there will be lots of exciting races and lots of uh, preps uh, for that. So so I think that's going to be a busy year and quite an exciting year. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to being close to those and, and seeing, seeing how we do. Brilliant. So just in case for anybody who doesn't really know exactly how that process works, so the Olympic selection, what does that look like okay. for, for an athlete <laughs> or, or for someone involved in the process like you? Yeah, so, so basically um, there's only so many places available at the Olympics. So athletes have to win a qualification in order to go. Uh, and there's uh, going to be first round qualifications this year, which will fill the majority of the places. And then there will be a second round selection next year, which will fill the ones that are left. So we've got athletes competing to to win that 
those first because then they know they're going and then they can adjust their plans uh, and preparations really targetedly into peaking for the Olympics rather than peaking to get second round selection. So it's it's an advantage if you can um, qualify it first round so that you can really hone your preparations into 2024. So that, that's why it's uh, critical. It's, it's Well, there is a second opportunity, but um, we, we'd really be like to, to get it first. The second opportunity exists as well. It, you know, some people might be injured and, and therefore uh, it gives them a year to get back to fight and fit, ready to, to qualify. So so we've got uh, a range of athletes that will be looking to to qualify either in uh, the K1 in the boats on their own or, or, or crew boats, K2, K4. Yeah, so so that that's really what, what I mean by uh, Olympic selection. So we'll, we'll have um, athletes still need to, to compete to be able to represent Great Britain in order to get there. So they've got to be selected for the British team in order to then select to, to for the qualifying races. So, so there's quite a lot of uh, racing to be done. But that's that's the, the the big advantage. If you can get first round selection, then you can plan accordingly into into 2024. Is that, does that explain? Is that yes. Okay? Yeah, cool. thanks. It, that's really helpful. OK, so how about then personally, as you said, you're a very dedicated yeah. paddler. What are you looking forward to? Where are you going to go paddling? Yeah, well, again, I'm as I've got a little bit older, I've gone slightly more sea kayaking than I do white world kayaking. And that's mostly because there's always water in the sea uh, and, and the frustration of white world kayaking can sometimes it's never wet enough when you want it to be wet enough so I've, I've been set about trying to to cover as much of the uk coastline as i can uh, and fitting that around so I've, I've got a lot of wells left because that's where i've been paddling mostly over the years but i have got big chunks of scotland that i still want to do so so i've i've, I've got some plans to, to to try to do the northwest corner of, of scotland hopefully early next year maybe may time and then another uh, trip maybe in the autumn to do either the, the very north bit or there's some islands as well i do like the hebrides and there's a few islands that i haven't yet so uh, i've got somewhere in scotland will be and i'd say it's a bit vague because i tend to go where the weather allows me to go uh, and so that's why the two projects are the northwest corner and one or two of the more hebridean islands that i haven't done yet which tend to be more the um, the southern hebrides so um, so that kind of area is is high on my hit list and then also i'm off to nova scotia in september i'm fortunate to go out there and, and work at an event with the the canadian canoeing team and i've got a friend of mine that organized a symposium over there so i'm i'm hoping to be out there um in nova scotia the weekend after the world championships so that will be my my downtime and my relaxing paddling a bit in Nova Scotia which for those people that don't know it has the largest tidal range in the world so you have uh, an immense amount of water which means for very strong tidal streams which is where I get my excitement so so yeah so those those are the uh, the, the loose but penciled in loose plans for, for the coming year. Thank you so much for your time Sid not just today but of course over over the rest of the podcast series too so Lee how are you today? Yeah very well thank you and um, yeah slightly uh slightly different being on the other end of the uh, <laughs> podcast and being asked questions but uh, yeah very well thank you well the first thing i need to ask you about lee is just last month the return of the coaching and leadership conference how was that experience for you one of the things that was really quite obvious is that you know due to obviously covid uh, pandemic is that we haven't been able to meet up or, or run the conference for for a long period of time and what was really quite clear to me is that we, we had a, a fantastic attendance, um, you know, over 200 coaches, instructors and leaders uh, attending. And the whole vibe and the atmosphere of the whole conference was absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, 
from the engagement with the keynote speakers to the exhibitors, but just the social interaction that was going on right throughout the whole of the two days was 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 an absolute delight to be part of. Yes, definitely. I, I really enjoyed that. It was my first conference and I really, really enjoyed that. How about the podcast then? What were what were some of your highlights as it's you've covered such a wide variety of topics this year on the podcast, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I always find it a, a complete privilege, the position that I'm in to be able to speak to other coaches, instructors, coach developers, uh, leading, you know, leading authors of, of particular research. Um and just delve into in a bit more detail about those, those particular areas and i really do hope that the listeners have really sort of been able to engage in some of those conversations they're quite they're quite raw in themselves because you know it's not you know pre-prescribed conversations that we're having it's not all typed out and i i tend to ask some questions that i'm interested in or i think the listeners might be interested in and i, I do hope that that comes of benefit to to the listeners on the podcast. There's two particular areas that I feel that um, stood out for me, you know, stood out for me quite considerably over the last 12 months. And one was the one around decision-making with Georgina Maxwell and Dan Wilkinson. And the reason why that sort of stands out to me is that decision-making is such a crucial part in, in instructors, coaches, and leaders and guides roles. And we do this all the time, you know, whenever we make contact, first of all, with a, with a, with a paddler, uh, with a new client, looking at the weather forecast, looking at the environment, looking at the sea state, looking at the water levels, looking at people's ability, whether we should, whether we should take a certain line on a rapid, et cetera. It really delves down to decision making. But what this podcast did is actually we delved much more deeper into well, what what makes us make those decisions? So I really hope that the listeners would would have you know would have really gained a lot from that insight about you know our biases, what makes us jump to conclusions, how we build up uh, a repertoire of scripts and patterns to allow us to make those decisions. So yeah, that was one of the one of the big ones that sort of stand out in my mind, Debbie. That you know I, feel, I felt it was a really good project to explore. And for leaders, coaches, and instructors, and just not take for granted that we just make decisions, but how do we make decisions? So that was the that was one of the ones that really stood out for me. And the other one, um, which I think is really relevant, and I felt I felt that um, the pandemic really brought this really to light um, over, over a period of time about looking after ourselves as coaches. Um, so we did an episode on coach burnout, uh, and the coach burnout was a was a piece of um, a piece of research that came out from an ex member of staff actually that used to work in the digital team, um, Ben, and it was all based around how do we identify, you know, what causes burnout for coaches, how do we recognise it, and how can we mitigate us from from burning out. And unfortunately, and, and Ben tells the story really well, is that actually he suffered from coach burnout and was quite ill from it. And, you know, for me, that was a real sort of big red flag that, you know, we need to do more to be able to support our coaches and leaders in the role that they do, because it's quite a selfless activity. Coaching and leadership is quite a selfless activity. 
And it's all around, all about the person in front of you and doing the best you possibly can for that particular person. And we put endless time and effort into those and we run ourselves ragged. And sometimes we just don't look after ourselves. So that was that was a really important bit for me to the extent that it actually did shape the conference this year. You know, and the conference was all around you as a coach and looking after yourself. So, you know, two two quite different um, podcasts, but those are the two that really stand out for me. Yeah, I think both of those were really, really interesting listens. I think something I really enjoy about the podcast is the mixture of things that are really specific to paddle sport. And then some of these topics which go across coaching as a whole, across any sport and even outside sport too. So I'd say burnout and and decision making are, are two of those that just really, really impactful for a lot of people to listen to, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. What about um, some general highlights uh, from, from 2022 for you? I think, you know, general, general highlights. Um, I am still absolutely... Um, staggered and really sort of in awe of the amount of coaches that are constantly developing themselves we can see that in terms of the interaction with the digital library you know looking at you know academic research going into the e-learnings um taking part in the in the coach self analysis more provider more paddlers now becoming assessors and providers of our courses etc so what I've been really overwhelmed with in the last 12 months is that there's a real continuation of continu- continual professional development for our coaches. So we, we did actually see it in the pandemic when we all couldn't go out and we couldn't get out onto the, you know, we had limited uh, exposure to, to others. Um, and coaching is a very social activity. So, you know, that was a, was a struggle for a lot of us. But what we did see is over that period of time is the amount of interaction with learning resources. But what was a delight to see this year, that just hasn't hasn't been part. That's a real continuation. So something has really happened um, for there's a, a thirst and a hunger for people to be as best they possibly can for the paddlers in front of them. Um, and these and, and, and those resources um, and their their development, working with peers, working with others and coach developers is just allowing their paddlers to thrive. So that was a real sort of highlight for me, um, over, you know, looking back in, in 2022 is I was expecting and, you know, and I've been wrong on many occasions is I was expecting that we would see a drop off of people engaging with the digital library, the resources, et cetera. But that is completely the opposite. We've seen it grow. We've seen it, you know, grow once again, you know, from from those particular times. So I think that's a real credit to to everyone out there, all the coaches and all the leaders, instructors um, that are working tirelessly every single day on the water to work with their paddlers, to work with their athletes, and they are still finding time to develop themselves and i think it's a real credit and i think it should be applauded so yeah that that was a that was a massive area for for me that was a significant another highlight for me um was very personal i was very privileged to go over to the united states this year and uh how did it maine um and maine is an absolutely beautiful place to paddle and you know it has got a lot of you know some some great um, swell and, and surf that comes in on, on that particular area that I was paddling in 
um, very green and it was during the autumn so just before it was we we're going into the sort of the cold period there for for Maine so the trees were starting to sort of lose a little bit of their color it was just an absolutely um, awesome place to paddle beautiful landscape etc but what it was all what, what I found really quite amusing is that um, you know we were paddling and, and it was a really nice it was a really nice day the, the water was the, the water was very lively but the winds was low I and mean, that's always a delight for, for sea paddlers that the, the sea is the sea has got a bit of a personality to it um but there's very little wind so it doesn't feel like you're battling against the element and um you know we finished our paddle for the day and then got off the water and um i discovered a a, a shark warning sign that, that sharks were in the area and um, oh, wow. that um for, to be very aware and i thought to myself well no one actually told me that there were sharks within the, within the region or the area and it just goes to show that maybe i should just um i should do a little bit more research before i just sort of do a leap of faith and go paddling with others but um yeah if, if people get the opportunity uh, an outstanding place to paddle uh, which is which is Maine. Yeah I'm just thinking back now to the decision making episode and the planning that you put into your your paddling trips before you go out. Uh, beware of the sharks. Beware of the sharks yeah. Brilliant okay so 2022 is almost over 2023 is almost here so what are you looking forward to in in 2023 Lee? Well, 2023 has got you know a whole load of things that you know we are really looking forward to and i know you know we work quite quite closely together debbie and we are we are focusing around safety next year putting some modules together for weather tides and, and navigation and um, surf and swell and what we want to be able to do is one of the reasons why we're doing that is safety is paramount for us within the sport and we want to be able to support people as best as we possibly can but what we do have is we've also got you know we know that not everyone engages in that particular in that particular resource so the podcasts are going to feature safety so it's just another element or just another pathway that people could choose to access those those bits of information so i'll be talking to a lot of experienced people throughout the 12 months um around safety to give their top top tips and advice um, so we're going to invite quite a few guests in and we're also going to do some second episodes and follow-up episodes so the two that i mentioned decision making and coach burnout we've lined up another episode of that because there are there is so much more to explore so we're going to we're actually within decision making we're going to go into examples and georgina and um, dan are going to share some of the things that went well and didn't go so well when they were on the water and how we can learn from them so um, that would be a really nice uh, a nice sort of addition as a second episode and also we've got ben coming back because he's just completed his masters and his masters was yet again focused around coach burnout so we can continue those conversations because there's some new new advice and new sort of guidance that he will be putting forward on it so um yeah there's some there's some really good um really good podcast coming up and I'm really excited about it but um you know in a very selfish way because I get to talk to two experts in the field um we're going to have one a month but what we're also going to do is we're going to draw some of those podcasts from the vault um back into it back into circulation as well because you know there's a lot of resources there, there's lots of podcasts there so we want to just bring them back into the frame so people you know if they've 
you know want to listen to them again or or of or missed them it's a good opportunity for them to engage with them definitely we've got almost 70 episodes now which is amazing so i think it'll be really nice to shine a bit of a spotlight on some of the some of the older episodes excellent so anything personal paddling wise that you're you're looking to do in 2023 anything on the paddling bucket list i think you know i am going to stay well i'm going to go on holiday with my family that's one of the things but uh, i I don't take my boat with me or, or go paddling. I think that has to be a family holiday. But what I am keen to do is go and explore some other areas that I haven't explored in, along the, the along the UK coastline. Uh, I want to get out to the Summer Isles up in Scotland. Um, so that's on the tick list for 2023. And also go back to some old haunts, really. Um, Solcombe down in Devon is where, where I live. So back out on the sea there to be able to explore um, and go back to, to where I used to deliver a lot of courses so um yeah just looking forward to getting back on back on the water some familiar venues but also the new one up in uh, up in scotland uh, summer isles excellent well thanks so much for your time today lee this is our final episode of 2022 so thanks again to lee and sid for their time and most importantly thank you to everyone who's listened to the podcast this year uh, we wish you all a very merry christmas and a happy new year and as Lee said, the podcast will be back in 2023 after a festive break with our first episode of series four. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. Remember to review, rate and subscribe. Bye for now.